This episode will be all about smart contracts. What are smart contracts? What will we be able to do with them? And what are the weaknesses of smart contracts? Have fun. Welcome to The Blockchain Lawyer, a podcast on technology and law. Dennis Hilleman is an accomplished lawyer with over 13 years of experience and a passion for creating a better future through blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive innovations. All statements expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and his guests only and are in no way legal or financial advice. And now, here is your host, Dennis. Hi everyone, glad you made it into the next episode of A Blockchain Lawyer. And today it's going to be about something that lawyers especially like and that's contracts. But we're not going to talk about contracts developed by a lawyer on paper. We're going to talk about smart contracts on a blockchain. Because if you remember, if you listened to my last episode, you know that the Ethereum blockchain in especially allows the usage of smart contracts. and. What are smart contracts? We're going to talk about this now. So the blockchain also allows the use of so-called smart contracts, which are closed independently of elaborate third parties such as notaries and still ensure legal certainty. Ethereum, developed by a Russian-Canadian programmer, is the most popular part, uh, platform for such smart contracts. It's not the only one. Also, other platforms allow the usage of smart contracts. But in general, if you look uh, on the internet, if you want to learn about smart contract programming, most will uh, most sources that you will find will be about uh, smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. So we're also going to focus on the usage of smart contracts on Ethereum in this episode. Um, the history of smart contracts is actually quite interesting. Uh, it's not, oh, uh, they don't exist or the, the idea of them has not only been created by the white paper of Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008, but the origins uh, go back deeper. Um, the notion of smart contracts was first proposed by Nick Schabo in 1994. Schabo is a legal scholar and cryptographer known for laying the groundwork for digital currency. Back then, there was little interest, however, in his activities because there was no blockchain idea yet and there was no distributed ledger technology. So Sabo laid the ground, but he, did, he couldn't actually develop the first smart contracts. So smart contracts already sound um, very distinguished because uh, aren't contracts smart as such? Um, I think if, if a good lawyer writes a contract for you, I, I would say, hey, that's a smart contract because this contract will settle all your dispute this contract is written in a good way. It will help you. It will work. It will create an area of trust between the parties because they have laid down the groundwork how to work together and how their um, how their business should be should be operated between them. So any good contract is for me a smart contract. But when it is about smart contract, uh, the term as such in a blockchain blockchain scenario. We're actually talking about programmed if and then scenarios. Because the first thing that you probably should know is like a smart contract is not so much a contract in the civil sense. It's a piece of software that can control and or document 
a given legality irrelevant activity or even cause it to do so provided the conditions are met uh, that sounds very technical but in general you can you should know a smart contract is not it's just it's just a programming solution it is a, an if and then condition if something happens then something else happens if a happens then b happens and that automatically on the blockchain for example um what we do with our cat it's like we uh, every day we put down a little bell and if a cat rings the bell we give the cat a piece of candy a piece of cat candy that's a little game we play with the cat now if this is something uh, that we should uh, look at in the context of a smart contract the cat rings the bell we give it we my wife and me or mostly it's my wife and sometimes it's me in the evenings we give a cat a piece of candy actually we have two cats so both cats get the get each a piece of candy but um, just one of them um, the, the male cat uh, rings the bell the, the, the wife cat uh, the, the female cat is smarter because it says he can do it I'm just getting the candy so regardless let's go back to smart contracts anytime the cat rings the bell a human being my wife or me gives it a piece of candy if we look at a smart contract, if we put, would put that on the blockchain, this would happen. The cat would ring the bell and automatically a piece of candy would appear. Because the condition, if the cat rings the bell, is met, then the consequence, the cat gives a, gets a piece of candy. That's, in general, what a smart contract is on the blockchain. And if and then is a condition met when something else happens why would someone do this on the blockchain let's go back to the main benefits of a blockchain the blockchain is immutable and it's transparent why would you put smart programming smart contracts on the blockchain because the blockchain is immutable if we put, for example, the cat and the bell scenario on the blockchain, we can be sure that every time the cat rings the bell, it gets a candy, piece of cat candy, because the blockchain ensures that and it cannot be manipulated. We can't later say the cat only rang the bell eight times when it actually rang the bell ten times and therefore should claim ten pieces of candy. Why? Because on the blockchain, everything is distributed in a, in a, uh, on the ledger, on the nodes worldwide, and the blockchain is immutable. The smart contract cannot be, cha cannot be changed, not be attacked. Every time the condition is met, then the consequence happens. So let's assume the smart contract of bell ringing and cat candy is on the blockchain. The cat sits in front of the bell and rings it 10 times. Now it should be able to claim 10 pieces of cat candy. If that's on the blockchain, it's ensured that actually happens. The transaction 10 times ringing is saved on the blockchain. I, as the one, as the one who has to give the cat or owes the cat the cat candy can say, no, he only rang it eight times. Or I can't try to manipulate the blockchain because the blockchain is immutable. That's why smart contracts are very clever on a blockchain scenario 
because of the very secure area, the very secure scenario that, that such smart contracts on the blockchain have. That is why the smart contracts allow for many, many functions and allow many, many possible use cases on the blockchain. Many platforms now already allows the, allow the use of smart contracts, including Ethereum, Bitcoin and Next. Today, with the growing adoption of Bitcoin and the support of blockchain technology, smart contracts are growing in popularity, often built on top of digital currencies to trigger payments, especially with the Ethereum blockchain, as we'll see. And um, in my scenario with a cat and the cat candy, you know, you always need a human interaction if it's not on the blockchain. And it's always me who has to go, who has to give the cat the candy out of the cat candy box. If it's on the blockchain, it would happen automatically. And so the smart contracts run on automated processes and in most cases can eliminate human involvement, increasing the speed of business transaction stipulated in the contract. Everything happens automatically. That's the big bonus of the blockchain and the smart contracts on them. And uh, so in this case also, the smart contracts and the whole transactions done by smart contracts are independent of elaborate third parties. Smart contracts are performed automatically by the network, eliminating the need of an associated risk of a third party being involved in the smart contract deployment. And of course, like I said, it's very reliable. Um, data entered in the blockchain cannot be changed or deleted. If one party does not complete its obligations, the other will be protected by the conditions on a smart contract. For example, if my cat could talk, and I mean, every cat owner knows in some way cats can talk. Like if my cat say, hey, you only gave me five pieces of cat candy, but I rang the bell eight times. I can check on the blockchain if that's actually true. I can see, no, guy, you're cheating me. And as usual, as you always want to try, you only rang the bell five times. That's also for me, also the one owning the cat candy in my little example. The smart contract on the blockchain is very safe because it cannot be cheated. It cannot be tricked because the blockchain is immutable and saves and stores everything in a decentralized network of nodes. So I can make sure that even my cat cannot manipulate the blockchain. See, that's why smart contracts are very, very good also, obviously also when it comes to cats, because you know how cats are. And of course, by um, programming a smart contract and by having automated pro, uh, transfer of uh, data, of, of money, you can remove the potential for human, er for human error. I mean, uh, error of doing mistakes is very human. And of course, if you have everything automated and everything is programmed in an if and then scenario, when you don't need human interactions anymore. And this also eliminates the risk of human mistakes. And of course, it's very accurate because we have automatic transactions ensure, ensure accuracy when executing the contracts. The applications for smart contracts are wide. Um, when it comes to using smart contracts, the, the problem of staff failure does not materialize. When implemented correctly, the peer-to-peer -peer network ensures compliance with the terms of a contract. So it allows for flexible um, transfers. And for example, the energy provider RWE, RWE in German, will use the Ethereum smart contract platform to facilitate payment um, to charging stations. 
So when, um, of course, uh, electro mobility will get more and more popular, the e-mobility, and you need to charge your car. So what, uh, when you go to a charging station and plug your car in to charge to charge the battery, you will pay um, RWE automatically in the future via the Ethereum blockchain. Um, so that is that is a, an example for an automatic process. You will not need credit cards anymore. There will be no human cash eater who will who you have to pay the electricity charge to your car anymore. All the thing will done will be done automatically on the Ethereum blockchain if you're part of the Ethereum blockchain, of course. Um, for accounting and audit, um, the smart contracts can also offer a lot of benefits, like because any financial transaction on the blockchain could thus be used um, as certified evidence for accounting and cost accounting. So you, as everything is transparent on the blockchain, you already got all the accountant data as to say, like, because you can, you can see any transaction, so you can save that easily. And therefore, it's very transparent and, of course, therefore, very easy to audit. In supply chains um, scenarios, the smart contracts will play a lot of role, uh, play a big role. Uh, wherever brokers and platforms really take on creating tasks and offer no additional added value, they can be replaced by the blockchain and by smart contracts. And in the financial sector, um, the saving of fees on smart contracts will play a lot of will play a big role. Transactions that take place in banks usually have to be validated by many employees and uh, entered into bank internal registers. With the Ethereum platform, this effort will be eliminated, as well as a central tab where all necessary data is automatically stored. So in this scenario, um, smart contracts um, have a very big advantage as well. But we should look as a lawyer. I want to look a little a little bit ahead. Um, if I look at business today, we've got two forms that are very popular. For example, we've got the first form of business that I want to look at is the human to human interaction. If I go to a bakery and buy bread, um, I pay um, the baker um, money. I give him money and I get bread in return. And that's a human to human interaction. If I stand in front of a vending machine and buy, for example, a piece of candy, I put money into the vending machine and get a piece of candy out of it. That's a human to machine interactions that we have on many levels uh, today, human to machine interactions. You also have that, for example, if you order something uh, via Alexa from Amazon, if you tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, order new batteries for me, and uh, Alexa does that, and so that's a human to machine interactions. But of course, with the internet and uh, the whole the whole AI behind it, gets more and more popular even as we speak of today. And of course, in the human to machine interactions, for example, the electricity charging for cars that RWE is planning, that's a human to machine interaction as well. That is uh, that is something where smart contracts will play a big role. But I think the even bigger role. And that's the economy of tomorrow, maybe in 10, 20 years, it will be the machine to machine interaction. And uh, to make it uh, visible for you, let me give you an example. Let's say we have self-driving cars in the future and you get out of your self-driving car and tell your self-driving car, hey, go park yourself. So the self-driving car drives away and is looking for a parking spot. Let's assume there are 
three different buildings offering part the parking spots at that time to your car. So what your car will be doing is it will communicate with this, this building. It will ask, hey, do you have a parking spot available? And the buildings will reply to it all via like in the internet. Uh, will reply to your own car. Yes, we've got uh, we've got a free parking spot available, and the car will ask, okay, how much is the payment? And the first car will for uh, the first parking spot will, for example, say uh, the parking spot will be. Oh, let's let's do it with cryptocurrency. Will cost you ten ripples. The second uh, building will say the parking spot will cost you eight ripples. The third parking spot will uh, the third building will say the parking spot will cost you seven ripples. So what your car does then, it will drive to the third infrastructure, to the third building, and park there. And what will be happening in this case is that your car has a wallet inside of it. And your car will automatically pay the building where it is parked the seven ripples. That is machine-to-machine -machine interaction. That will be, that is what machines will be doing with each other, they will conclude smart contracts as well. As well, And in this scenario, smart contracts play, of course, a big role because that is typically the if and then scenario that machines understand that your car, your car, like it, your car says, okay, if I need to park, I will do it in the cheapest possible way. Of course, it will also look at other conditions, for example, how long do I have to drive, how much electricity do I need for that, and how safe is the environment. But let's say we'll also look mainly at the cost. So that is the if, the if scenario. If if you find a good parking spot that's cheaper than ours, then you then use that. And that's what's happening here. The car, your car searches for a cheaper parking spot than the others. And it concludes a smart contract with a parking lot, the infrastructure of a building that offers such a parking space. And if we want to even um, imagine a little bit further in this scenario with the cars, your car could then, after it has the off third offer for only seven ripples, communicate with the other buildings and say, hey, I got a different offer for only seven ripples. Will you change your offers? So that the first or second building could say, yes, we do it now for six ripples. Negotiate a contract, a better contract with the other buildings. That will be the machine-to-machine -machine economy where will be big. And in this scenario, especially in this very distinguished scenarios, smart contracts will play a big role. And we as lawyers have the need or need in the future to accompany the programming of smart contracts, that such smart contracts are programmed in a compliant way, compliant with the law applicable. I think that compliant programming will be a task for lawyers in the future and will be the business models of lawyers in the future. So probably all you lawyers out there should look into that as soon as possible if you want to be on track with the future. I hope this uh, episode gave you a little insight in what smart contracts are and what possibilities they offer you for the future. And I'd be happy if you tune in for the next time. If you find the chance like and haven't done so, please rate uh, this podcast on the platform that you're listening to. If you listen to it on Spotify, rate it there. If you listen to it on Apple Podcast, please rate it there. It only takes you a few seconds, but it would absolutely mean the world to me. Until next time, guys. If you want to learn more about Dennis, please visit his website, 
theblockchain.lawyer or connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, everyone. 